Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. In five, four. Wait, are we rolling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> We're sitting on the floor for y'all. Yeah. We're <laughs> switching around too much, like little kindergartners. <laughs> well, I mean, the floor is cozier than them cheap ass IKEA chairs. It is. If you listen to our last episode, there was some weird, like creaking noise, clicking noise in the back. We we're pretty sure it's the chairs that we were sitting in. So now we're sitting on the floor in a beanbag or and or pillow. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so hopefully this sounds a little better. Yeah. Wait, I'm doing a current crime. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, oh, before wait. you do that. Yes. Stickers. We got stickers, and they're so cute. And I mean, we can stick them to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just our logo with a QR code, but I think it's cute. Yeah, and if you want a sticker, we're going to give out 25 for the free ski to um, the first 25 people who leave us a review and send it to our email. And if you've already left a, f- a review and you want a sticker, just take a screenshot of it and send it to our email and we'll send you one. Yes. Really excited about them. So. And we're going to stick them in places we probably shouldn't. But if you're out in the city of Atlanta and you see one, take a picture and send it to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it worked for APD. We didn't do it. Right. <laughs> it wasn't us. It was them over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone stole the stickers before they got here and mm-hmm. just put them everywhere they shouldn't. All right. Me? That's racial profiling. <laughs> right. <laughs> a bad bitch? Who, or a black bitch who loves true crime? <laughs> not, not, not me. Who's that? I like them Negroes. <laughs> and I tell my mother I'll never be like those Negroes. I love that shit so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright. <clears throat> Alright, let's get to current in crime. Um, I don't know if I stand or not. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep it real. But I skimmed over this article, so it's like maybe I don't. We'll figure it out at the end. So this is from ABC News. Missing corrections officer willingly participated in inmates' escape. Sheriff says. Um. Yeah. Authorities now believe that an Alabama corrections officer willingly, quote unquote, participated in the escape of the capital murder suspect. Oh, maybe I don't stand. <laughs> I was like, capital murder? Oh, man. I was like her nigga who be selling weed or some shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Never mind. Redacted. Um, According to the local sheriff in charge of the investigation, the pieces of the puzzle just came back together. Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton told ABC News in an interview uh, Wednesday on Good Morning America. I think all of our employees, and myself included, were really hoping that she did not participate, participate in this willingly. But all indications are that she absolutely did. There was absolutely somebody on staff who was like, I knew that bitch did it. Right. I know. I know the black bitches on that staff are living. Right. In the break room. Nigga, I come to work on my all day. Bitch, y'all see that shit? Right. The group chat is blowing up. For real. (laughs) We're very disappointed in that because we had the utmost trust in her as an employee and as an assistant director of corrections. Wednesday marked the sixth day of the intense search for Lauderdale County Assistant Director of Corrections, Vicki White, 56, and inmate Casey White, 38. The pair, who authorities said are not related, went missing from Florence, Alabama on Friday. That morning at the Lauderdale 
uh, County Detention Center, Vicki White allegedly told her colleague she was taking Casey White to the local courthouse for a mental health evaluation, <laughs> though he didn't he didn't have a court appearance scheduled. She violated policy by escorting the inmate alone, according to the sheriff. She violated more than policy. <laughs> <laughs> she violated ethical code. Right. She broke the law. She broke girl code. Like, I'm going to get my nigga out. This particular guy and someone like that, no, that shit has never happened. I don't understand that. This yeah, particular that guy and someone like that. What does that mean? Okay, anyway. That should have never happened, even if we had to delay getting him to court. Casey White was charged with two counts of capital murder in September 2020 for the stabbing of 58-year-old Connie Bridgeway. He could face the death penalty if convicted, according to the sheriff. He was already serving a 75-year sentence for a 2015 crime spree that involved home invasion, carjacking, and a police chase. Here's my thing. Whenever people say crime spree, it... Like, they need to come up with another word for that because they make it sound like shopping. Right. <laughs> like, you just did a made a whole bunch of stops. Like, we're going to go over here and rob these niggas. Right. And then we just go, oh, no, we're just going to kick in a little door, too. What y'all think? It's really right. cute. We can go get right. some movies afterwards. Like, <laughs> no, he's dangerous. <laughs> um, investigators have learned that during pre-sentence reporting in 2015, he made threats against his ex-girlfriend and her sister, warning that if he ever got out, he would kill them and that he wanted police to kill them. Oh, no. He need to be away. Right. Casey White's potential targets have taken appropriate protective actions. So I'm guessing they moved away. Um, Casey White previously planned an escape from Lauderdale County Detention Center in the fall of 2020, but authorities thwarted the plot off before he could attempt it. Uh, Casey White was subsequently um, transferred to a state prison where he remained until February 2022. When he returned to Lauderdale County facility. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say that. Mm-hmm. For court appearances related to the murder charge. Um, the pair should be considered dangerous and may be armed with an AR-15 rifle, handguns, and a shotgun. And they may be driving a 2007 orange or a copper Ford Edge with minor damage to the left back bumper, according to the U.S. Marshal Service. KC White is 6 feet 9 inches tall. Holy fuck. Mm. Why are people made that tall? <laughs> For what reason? <laughs> oh Harrison, what is the reason? I don't get it either. I really don't. But I also don't get why people are made as short as me. Like, I really don't. <laughs> you need people to like get shit off the ground for everybody? What? I thought we said it's just the best difference in height. I, mean, right. I know it has to do with like evolution and people living in different environments over time and shit like that. But like some people do be ridiculously tall. Yeah. And then like... <laughs> It makes no sense. You ever seen like a friend group where one person is just like yes. way taller than everybody else? Yeah. And then like the shortest Me person. Me around y'all. <laughs> and I'm 5'3". I'm to say, This is a moment. Okay. Please. Yeah, but I'll be thinking the same shit. Um, U.S. Marshal Service is offering up to $10,000 re- uh, reward for information leading to Casey White. That's Patrick. it? $10,000? I, I thought, like, when I first read it, I thought I said 100000 I was like, I'll tell y'all what mm-hmm. you got right now. $10,000 for like, someone who's, like, threatened to kill multiple to kill people? Um, capital murder That's charges? And is with somebody who knows the law enough that can get him out of jail? And they, they can blend in anywhere in America. Right. They can go to Wyoming. We don't know where the fuck they're at. No. And you're never going to find them. All they got to do is die their hair. Boom. You can, you're never going to find them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
A warrant was issued for Vicky White charging, charging her with permitting or facilitating escape. As of Wednesday morning, investigators don't. They don't have, have no stronger idea. charges than that. They said they run around with an AR, <laughs> right? Assault with a deadly weapon, mm-hmm. possession of a, of a weapon during a felony commission. Right. Like I don't know something. <laughs> they, those charges are made up for niggas. That's what I'm saying. Like those those aren't real. That's why white people don't ever get them. They just yeah. make up shit. They be like, oh, um, these niggas got out the car with their left foot right before they grabbed their gun. That's um, that's a directional charges. <laughs> like they just be making shit up, and so now we think that's real shit, but that's probably not a real thing. Like, <laughs> she just be saying words and putting them together, <laughs> right? She probably just three years. She probably just get oh, oh, slap baby. on the wrist. <laughs> no, <laughs> what you got going on? Okay, paid leave. Um, it says uh, my message would be Vicky. You've been in this business for 17 years. You've seen this scenario play out more than once and, and told how it always ends. Now go ahead and end it now. Get to a phone and call 911. Turn yourself in and help us get Casey White back behind bars because you know that's where he's going to eventually end up. And yeah, that's the end of the article. Love will make you do some crazy things. Oh, it's no, be not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> I mean... My okay. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, aka the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina, and I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of the Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie, or watching, or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big. Cu- oh wait, I thought we were gonna say that together. No, on the. The big c- couch. <clears throat> I think it's really hard for me to wrap my r- mind around like what's it, it's really like in a prison, right? Because like where were where did this romance grow? Like when were they like you know like when were they fucking? Where were they fucking? What was it like? How did I just to to get to a point where she was willing to lay it all on the line and do this? There yeah. was a there was a true crime story, and I'll have to figure out the name because I'm it's like popular. But there was somebody who fell in love with somebody in jail and helped them escape. Similarly, mm-hmm. and I think it's some criminals or people in general are massive manipulators. And if you can find the perfect person who mm-hmm. is lonely or you know is looking for any type of acceptance. You can get yeah. them to do any fucking thing. That's true. I, I don't think like, they're fucking either. <laughs> you say you don't? No. I'd be shocked. I was going to say, because like what you said was so eloquent, but that was going to be my answer. I was like, <laughs> she saw that six nine me. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I got to get this thing out of here. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I got to get some of that. Well, maybe they were. I mean, Orange is New Black, they be fucking all over the place. They do. They do. But I'm like, is that real? I don't know. So, but, I mean, people be getting as, pregnant from prison guards and shit. So. It's true. I know a whole bunch of people who are locked up and they will tell you all the time that like the wardens in there be fucking inmates. Really? Or whatever. Because you gotta... Well, I don't... I, can, I personally don't understand it, but I'm thinking about like how like 
the environment kind of affects your mental, even though you are a free person. Mm-hmm. The shifts are what, like eight to twelve hours. You go home, you sleep for eight hours. Yeah, you have a few hours in the outside world. So in some kind of ways, it's like you're in prison as well. It makes me think about that Stanford Stanford prison prison experiment. experiment. Oh my God, we were just talking about that shit. shit. I need to see that shit. It's such a mind It's so interesting. Oh my God. It is so interesting. It had me like literally sick to my stomach. Wow. It's it's just like a, what is it called? Microcosm. Yeah, of like power structure. It's so interesting. It is. And then I think, well, this is no shade. Well, I'll count a little bit because, you know, you're... I guess, like, a player in the prison industrial complex, but, like, mentally, what kind of person wants to be in that environment for a check? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is willing to do that over literally anything else, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, you talking to these dudes all the time, and they're human beings with, like, probably great personalities. Mm-hmm. You with them, some of them are artistic, some of them are very creative or, like, very intelligent, and y'all have, like, great conversation. Some shit that you're getting for eight hours a day and that you're not getting in the outside mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, cool. Well, why not have this, you know? I mean, I personally think it's wrong. I mean, obviously, because you can't consent fully when you're locked yeah. the fuck up. Like, right. who knows if they would be talking to you if they was free. Right. But, yeah, I'm just trying to get inside the mindset of, like, somebody who works in that environment. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, if it's as easy as her being, like, yeah, we're just going to step out real quick. <laughs> and they just don't come back. Like, no, they literally said she was just like, nah, we're going over here. Right. And everybody was like, all right. We'll be right back. He got a mental health evaluation. Like, huh? nobody nobody saw it on the docket. And they was like, they're oh, like, oh, okay. Have you ever heard of a mental health evaluation? Right. I've never heard of that. They take her car? Like, what? Also, this is very petty, but this is also real. Cishead niggas, like... They know how to compliment you. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, he probably manipulated the fuck out of her. I don't, I mean, maybe. Well, hey, Miss Vicky, that's looking fast today. She can stop. <laughs> Please. And they got the same last name. You know, he said some shit about that. Oh, my. I didn't even realize that. I think I that, read that whole that's why they said they're not related. Because I was like, why would they say that? And then it's because they're both of their last names are white. <laughs> oh, it's like, Damn. White. Or maybe they, or maybe they are the white. That's like her cousin or her brother. Please. She wanted to get, she went undercover to get him out. There's Wait, that would be a good movie. Right now, that is claiming that she is with her brother, and it is it's a whole thing. But Wait, hold on, romantically? Talking. Yes, like that. I think they're doing it for followers. I hope they are, but like they are pretending that they, but they are not pretending to be in a relationship because they be kissing and stuff. But they're saying that they're also brother and sister. I don't know. Isn't there an Instagram that's like siblings or? I can't. There's oh, like, siblings are dating? Yeah. Like, yeah I and like you have those. to see like which one you think it is based on the picture. Yeah. And then they'd be like dating. And they'd be like siblings. <laughs> you're like, wow. Because <laughs> the way they be hugged up. Like, I can't. Oh, girl. It's a good thing I'm not close to my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I don't think that's going to be the next, I guess, like front of sexual liberation. But I think it is an interesting conversation. Like the ethics behind like. Incest? Yeah. The, the ethics behind. I know it's not a popular opinion. I think that there are bigger issues than things that full, fully grown consenting adults do with one another. Yeah. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying it's right morally, but I'm not saying that my morals should apply to anybody else. Yeah. But I'm saying there are other things that I feel like are like, you know, our yeah. rage can be turned to. I'm just like, do, do, do you need to be gaining TikTok followers for this? Yeah, no. <laughs> should you show up on my For You page? Like, what's, what's going on? Me personally, if I had to choose between, like, my brother and, like, being, yeah, no, it's, it's gone, it's death. I'm oh, sorry. no, absolutely. Just put the gun in my head. Right, literally anything but that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But Please. I just think it's an interesting conversation just because, like, 
because in a lot of other cultures and like historically, like mm-hmm. people have like done that, and there's like five. Yeah, like, and in like the first episode of uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> which is the only episode I watched. That was just <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, friend, it lasted for way more than the first episode. <laughs> I got news for you, babe. She was shamelessly taking house meat, and that's just. <laughs> Sometimes they can't tell me the LOL part. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your phone can't tell us a part either. Yeah. That is so weird to me. I guess because I know y'all. I don't know. You don't sound similar. Oh, my God. Bitch, speaking of, did y'all know that Mary Kate and Ashley are not identical twins? That's a whole other story for the time. (laughs) No, exactly. How would they even know that? They look smack alike. They're fraternal twins. They had different sacks in utero. (laughs) Sacks. We are so fucking (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to look them up. Because they literally played the same character for years. Because they look just alike. Interesting. So that means they just so happened to turn out with the same face. But I mean, even the other Olsen girl looks looks just like them. They have a brother that looks just like them, too. The other Olsen girl is... Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of stuff. Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, WandaVision. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, they look... No, they look alike. <laughs> I mean, some people swear that they could always tell them apart. I couldn't. I could tell Tia Tamara apart, but not Mary Kane, actually. But it's also because, I mean, white people just be kind of looking alike. Yeah, they do. And then when they look alike, they be really looking alike. So. I used to live for their movies when they were younger. Me no, too. And the mystery books. I used to get them at the Scholastic oh Yes. I used to love everything about Mary Kane, actually. That one where... Um, the bitch from Toothless was there trying to hook up with the rich dad <laughs> from the camp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. You're unlocking a memory for me. I just don't I can't remember the name of it. Okay, anyway, to, like, be, yeah, be there again. We can put these in outtakes. <laughs> Back to the main story. I'm ready. So, um, the trigger warnings for this episode are gun violence, uh, clowns, if that's the thing for you, and yeah, really the only the main ones. Oh, cool. Um, I clown. Yeah, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. Um, so this story centers around the victim of the story is Marlene. And uh, I don't have a whole lot about her childhood, so I want to start right around where she met her husband Mike. So she's a young woman, she had two sons from a previous relationship, two young sons. And she was, I believe, out at a bar or something along those lines in South Florida and met this man named Mike, Michael Warren. And he was, like, really charismatic. And they pretty quickly, like, started dating and uh, fell in love. They got married. And 
I think Mike was already kind of well off. Marlene was like, you know, getting by, being able to take care of her kids or whatever. But they got heavily invested in real estate, um, which, you know, you really can't go wrong with real estate. I know it ebbs and flows, but them niggas be making money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were the kind of real estate folks who would basically just snatch up a bunch of properties, fix them up, and rent them out. I think oh. they even owned a whole, like, apartment building or whatever. Oh. Yeah. And so, like, as they were rolling, um, raking in more and more money, fixing up the properties, Marlene took over the role of, like, being, like, the go-to land person, landlady, landlord, whatever you call it. <laughs> Reminds me of that tweet, but we should just use a gender-neutral gender land bastard, but... <laughs> <laughs> that person. Um, and Mike bought a used car lot and apparently car i don't know if they still do this but the car lots that they were talking about in this area during this time which is like the um late 80s people could also rent cars and use cars car lots which i hadn't really heard of that yeah, often never heard but, but it becomes relevant later on in the story so he buys this used car lot I believe it's called bargain cars or something like that but they were the type of place that you could go to if like you had really shitty credit and they would still like basically give you a car who knows how long it will last, but whatever. <laughs> so now the year is 1990. They have 17 properties at this point and this used car lot. So like they have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And they move into a really exclusive neighborhood in South Florida. And the neighborhood is like so fancy that it even had its own like landing slip, landing strip for like small airplanes. Oh, Damn. right. So like wow. they, they had money, money. Um, they, they called their house an estate, not just a house. Oh, okay. so, like, <laughs> they, they not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so the real story starts on May 26, 1990. So it's Memorial Day weekend. It's a Saturday. Marlene is up. She's preparing breakfast for herself and her son, whose name is Joe and his friends. Um, her husband is out because it's Memorial Day weekend and they own race horses or whatever. So he's on his way to the track to see the horses race, I guess, before they get into their Memorial um, Day weekend plans. So while she's cooking breakfast, someone rings the doorbell. She goes to answer the door and there at the door is someone dressed up as a clown, like full blown clown outfit, like orange wig, squishy red nose, white makeup, clown, little romper, majigger. And the person also has a basket of flowers that are red and white carnations and two balloons. So the clown hands Marlene the flowers and the balloons. And then the next thing you know, Joe from the other room hears a gunshot. Oh, damn. Yep. Broad daylight. Because she was cooking breakfast. It was the middle of the morning. That's so scary because that was such a normal morning. Yeah, the thing is, as soon I don't open the door before I see who it is. Yeah, that's true. First right. of all, first and foremost. Yeah. So I would have been out the back door. <laughs> but I mean, if someone rang your doorbell and you look through, and they, even if they're dressed up ridiculously, if they have balloons and flowers, I would still be like, "This is like one of those singograms or like you know." I would not, but I understand people who. Would. <laughs> Like, Fuck that clown. This was 1990. Because I was like, they don't have like no cameras or like, they're rich as fuck. They don't have like a ring or something. But yeah, like, no, they have a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Those didn't start becoming popular until like five years ago. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Just check the ring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope. Um, I mean, like I said, even I, I would, if like I saw someone holding balloons, I'm like, oh, I guess. Not to open the door. Yeah, no. Um, but then Joe hears the gunshot. He runs over. He sees his mom lying on the ground with a gunshot to her her head, her face. Actually, she got shot directly in the face. Yeah. 
So the door's still wide open. He looks up, he looks out the door, and he sees this clown just walking at a steady pace to the car. That would creep me out more than anything. I'm not even going to play. It's like they're not even running. They're just walking. And then according to his account, the clown, he like yells out to the clown to get their attention. And the clown just turns around slowly and like makes eye contact with him. Turns back around, walks and gets in the car and drives off. So Joe's freaking out, obviously. He also has a cast on his leg. So he's like a little slower to like get his bearings or whatever. But he jumps up. He tries to get into the car and like run the clown down. Like he's trying to figure out like who this person is, follow the car, whatever. But he's not quick enough to keep up with the car. Um, So he, you know, drives back to the house um, to you know, take it from there. So one of the neighbors who also had heard what had happened, well, like heard the gunshot happened to be a doctor and like came over and tried to give first aid to Marlene. Um, he used a spoon to try to keep her airway open. But like they said, the scene was obviously like really gory and gross because she has been shot in the face and she's like bleeding out everywhere, but she's not dead. Um, she's just unconscious at this point. So, Paramedics arrive. They're working on his mom and obviously like rush her to the hospital to try to save her life. Right after that, the investigators arrive and they're like trying to collect evidence, but there's not a whole lot, whole lot to go off of. Um, the flowers are still there and the blooms are still there. And then they have like basically Joe's recounting of what happened, which I just can't imagine sitting down with a cop and being like, yeah, a clown shot my mom. And right. looked yeah. at me and then walked away. Like, Where do you even go? Yeah. Right. And I would, I'm, I wonder, like, if, because of how police treat people during investigations sometimes, did they even believe them? Or yeah. Were they like, I mean, okay, yeah, I will say it was a really affluent neighborhood. They're rich. He's mm-hmm. white. I think they took him, it seems like they took him seriously. I just can't imagine, like, I can't imagine giving anyone that information or taking that information in, like, right. a what? A who? <laughs> it's Memorial Day weekend. It is a smooth 1130 a.m. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but he told them all that he knew, which is that it was a clown that was driving a white sedan and they had like really big brown eyes because the clown had like turned around and stared at him. Like he felt like, you know, he was sure of that fact. That is so scary. Yeah. So they were like piercing like that's something that he, that always stuck with him. Um, so since it's the only description that they have, the police put out a bolo to the community to be on the lookout for a clown driving a white convertible who was potentially armed and dangerous. Again, I can't imagine living in that community and seeing that come across the news. Like, a clown? Like, okay. Um, Oddly enough, in Palm Beach County two years ago, a similar case had happened to a woman named Lita Sullivan. She had also had a clown knock on her door, hand her flowers, and then shoot her dead. So the people in the community were like, what the fuck is there a serial killing clown running around (laughs) and like how do I prepare myself for this um so it caused a little bit of like panic and chaos in the community so weirdly enough Marlene had always had a thing for clowns which I don't know how or why you have a thing for clowns but she like used to paint them when she was in high school and had kept a small collection of like the paintings of the clowns no like in her house (laughs) I'm sorry no (laughs) no same um, I don't get it again, but like people have their hobbies and their collections and they're allowed that. Um, so like I said earlier, Mike was supposed, was on the way to the horse races and his alibi was solid because like when he got the phone call from Joe, he was in the car on the way to the track with two of his friends. And like, as Joe's like 
like obviously hysterically telling him the story. He's like recounting the story to his, the, his friends that are in the car. And they're like, what, what do you mean? Like mom is shot. Cause he's like saying what Joe's saying to him. Instead of saying Marlene was shot. He's like, mom got shot. And he's mm-hmm. like, we got to turn around. We got to go back. We got to go home. So they go back to the house and they question Mike, they question his friends, they question Joe. And they feel like, you know, he has a solid alibi. So they're not really looking into him. And they're trying to figure out another, you know, possible suspect in the case. So they're like, okay, well, y'all have all these properties, all these buildings. Maybe, like, was there someone that you evicted who was like, I'm going to fucking kill you? Did you, like, have just a bad relationship with your tenants in general? So they go out, they're questioning all the tenants. But it turned out all their tenants really liked Marlene because she was the kind of land person who would, like, let them, you know, float it for a month if they didn't have the rent money Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, she wasn't, like, just putting people out on the street. Through further investigation, they also found out that, strangely enough, the other clown that killed that woman, Lita Sullivan, had no connection to this case. So, two separate crazy clowns. How did they find out? I'm not sure from the research that I did, but I'm assuming that her case was solved and whoever had committed it was, like, arrested. Oh, okay. Maybe a copycat? I don't know. Maybe? We'll see. So, like I said, Marlene was still conscious, but she was not awake. Um, she spent two days in the hospital until the doctors decided that there was nothing else that they could do for her. And her family had to decide whether or not to take her off of life support, which they did. So, obviously, that changes this from just an assault yeah. case to a murder case now. Damn. But since um, she was removed from life support, they were able to go in and remove the bullet that killed her because it had been lodged in the back of her throat the entire time. What? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So they tested, they found out it came from a 357 Magnum. So on May 30th, 1990, four days after the shooting, the police catch a break in the case when they find a white Chrysler LeBaron abandoned in a grocery store parking lot not far from the family's house. In the car, they find orange synthetic fibers and like a single long brown hair. Ew. I don't know why that got me. <laughs> <laughs> the long brown hair is worse than the orange fibers because <laughs> it's like okay orange wig greasy ass right brown murder hair, hair. Yeah, like, murder hair <laughs> yeah he probably greasy he probably stopped us on i don't know he probably stopped at like a walmart parking lot. right like walmart parking it's right. a uh win dixie oh great. i didn't say win dixie because not everybody knows what those are yeah. yeah florida uh grocery stores yeah we had them in north carolina too oh really i guess mm-hmm. southern yeah southern grocery South stores um, so investigators are like running through the evidence they collected from the car, they collect the VIN number and everything like that. And they're like sorting through the evidence. Um, when Marlene's parents just decide to come down to the station, they're like, yo, can we holler at y'all? <laughs> That's exactly how they, <laughs> they said it. Just like that. <laughs> Step uh, <laughs> 75-year-old white people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they tell the police that Marlene and Mike um, were actually weren't doing as well as they seemed to be doing from the outside. Marlene had come to them and said that she suspected that Mike was having an affair and really wanted to leave him, but she had reservations because even though they were worth about a hundred, uh, not a hundred, a million dollars um, as a couple, most of the businesses were in Mike's name, most of the properties and things like that. But yet she's the one making all the connections. Everybody loves her. Right. Right. And I'm sure she really was carrying them just in all ways. Mm-hmm. She was at home cooking breakfast with family. He out going to see the horses. Right. Um, but then, obviously, the police were like, well, I mean, he did have a solid alibi, but, like, let's look into this a little bit more. 
So Bargain Motors, the car lot that Mike owned, um, as they started to dig more into it, it wasn't as legitimate as uh, it seemed on the outside either. So it seems like everything, once you dig a little deeper with Mike, is just like a little bit shady. But like I said, he was the kind of, the dealership was the kind of place you would go if you had bad credit. And we all know those kind of places, the mm-hmm. bottom people. Buy your pay Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's preying on people with bad credit and people in bad financial situations. But then if they missed a single car payment or anything like that, he went and repoed the car like immediately, probably fix it up and then would go sell it to someone else and do the whole thing over again. Wow. Yeah. Just a trifling nigga. Um, investigators began interviewing the employees of the car lot and they found out that the rumors about Mike having an affair were also there. So he was rumored to be having an affair with a woman named Sheila Keen. Sheila Keen and her husband, cause she's also married, um, were hired by Mike to do the repos for him. So mm. they would go out and get the cars back. Um, people seem to have mixed feelings about Sheila, but the consistent themes were that like she was tough, like like didn't take no shit kind of person. Um, smart, strong, and everybody said she was really attractive. I saw pictures, I disagree, but you know, people said that repeatedly. So, <laughs> you know, a difference of opinion is fine. <laughs> Wait, don't look up. Yeah, because you're going to see other stuff. Okay, Wait till on. the end. Um, so, but in that same vein, sometimes when she was re- repossessed in a car, they said that she would like flirt with the car owner, lead him away from the car, and then, you know, like threaten him and get the car key. So, I mean, she was cute enough to, at least to do that, but we know men's standards are in hell, so <laughs> still not saying much to me. <laughs> not in hell. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, it takes well. nothing. <laughs> um, but based on this information, um, the detectives fe- felt they had enough to go search Sheila's apartment, which they did do. Um, you know, they collected a few, like, personal items of hers and things like that, but they didn't find anything necessarily linking her to the crime or not even necessarily an affair. Um, but what they did find through interviewing the neighbors that not only was Mike constantly at that apartment, um, he was there so often that they thought that he was her husband. Oh. So he would be there morning, noon, and night, <laughs> like, all the time. Um, huh. But because... People don't have nothing else. They have the audacity. Mike and Sheila both said that they weren't having an affair. So, Girl, not morning, noon, and night. So what were you doing there? Y'all best friends? <laughs> Y'all co-working together? Listen, what reason <laughs> does he have to be here? Um, so they bring Sheila in for questioning. And um, she claims that when Marlene was shot, she was repossessing a car, but couldn't confirm what car it was that she was repossessing, which already doesn't make sense right um but other than that they don't really have any like real causation to hold her there whatever but she also gives them willingly a piece of her hair for a hair sample so they can run it against the strand that they got from the car that they found in the parking lot so they're like okay well you know she's cooperating or whatever and they don't have a real reason to arrest her so they let her go So while this is happening, they're still um, tracing the car, you know, running the VIN number or whatever, and they find out that the car had been reported stolen from another local car lot. And this car, the white Chrysler LeBaron, had been rented by a couple towards the end of April. And when they had gone to return it, they had been instructed by someone. So what they did was they called the car lot to see, like, how do they return the car, which 
was strange to me. I don't know why you went to drive it back to where you got it from. But they said someone instructed them to leave the car in a parking lot with the keys in the visor because the lot was closed during the time that they wanted to return it. So they thought it was strange, but they did it anyway. But makes no sense to me whatsoever because that's a big deal. (laughs) But they called back the next day just to make sure that the car had been returned properly. And the owner's like, yeah, you definitely didn't call me. Like, I didn't speak to you at all. So what happened was, at the time that this happened, you know, phone books were still a thing, which is wild to think about. But when they looked up the car lot that they had rented it from, which was named Payless, Bargain Car Lot had an ad that had the word Payless in it, like pay less money. Oh. (laughs) So they got confused and they mistakenly called Bargain Motors. Okay. So when they spoke to the folks at the car lot, like the investigators... They said that they hadn't, like, ever seen that white Chrysler. So they're like, you know, maybe they spoke to someone here, but the car never made it here. Like, uh-huh. we don't know anything about that. Also, an associate, a business associate of Mike's tells, <laughs> this blew me, tells the investigators that a few days after the shooting, Mike came to him and said that he had several guns he needed to have hidden. Oh, <laughs> Okay. That's all so, we have several. Right. One of them was a three fifty seven Magnum. Oh shit. The associate also said Mike asked him to take an orange clown wig, wrap it in spark plugs, and throw it in a canal. Okay, so it's very clear who did this. But why would you do that? Like if somebody came to me and was like, I need you to hide these guns. You no. did something. No. Right. You killed somebody. And then why is it did you shoot? multiple people with each gun like i don't i'm not and why do you feel like i would be the person to help you i'm insulted by that right (laughs) and why are you a white man with an orange afro wig (laughs) why do you want me to blow it up in a water in water with spark plug yeah that's weird yeah but i mean he did it oh he did do it um and then you know who white men are super loyal to other white men period (laughs) so the cops weren't able to recover any of the guns or the wig um Damn. Yeah. They hit that sh- well. They hit that so fucking well. I mean, the wig they said, because, it, I mean, it's a, what, a shake and go Party City wig, yeah. and they threw it in the canal in Florida. Like, the water, like, moved yeah. really quickly, and it had washed it away by then. And then, who, ain't no telling what happened to the guns. He what? Probably sold them to somebody. Rubbed off the whatever. Yeah. The serial code or whatever. So yeah. the wig is just underwater in, like, I don't know, Panama somewhere. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also through their investigation they have testimony or I guess is it testimony before it's in court anyway statements yes a statement from another employee at the car lot who says that at one point like within the past few weeks Marlene had come to the car lot to confront Mike about the affair that she suspected and they got into this huge like shouting match um, that everyone could overhear and she was basically saying if you don't get rid of Sheila it's going to be over I'm, I'm going to take all your money I'm going to take everything and leave you well there's <clears throat> yeah. motive so and then once Marlene left after the um, argument Mike said something to the effect of if somebody takes care of Marlene for him he'll take care of them what that's so fucking obvious what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. but also white man like get away with it I mean, and people say wild shit when you're in an argument, but you can't then go on and actually like and do it, right? 
Like, like y'all gonna strangle that bitch? Oh, I'm gonna get like when I get my hands on her, and then when you see the bitch, you strangle it. Like, right. that don't make no sense. Right, sir. <laughs> um, yeah. So at this point, they're like grasping for any information. They're like, okay, let's talk to all the costume shops in the in the, in the area. Maybe someone remembers selling this clown costume. So they talked to Spotlight Costume at the name of the store. And the clerk remembered someone coming in right before Memorial Day, like the Friday of that weekend. The murder took place on a Saturday. Um, and she was coming, the person that was coming in came in right before closing. And the clerk was like, I mean, we're literally trying to close up. Like, could you come back tomorrow? And the person was adamant. They were like, no, I need to get what I need right now. So they let her in. She comes in and pretty quickly chooses a clown costume, an orange Afro wig, clown makeup, and she paid in cash and left. So the shop clerk um, said that she pretty clearly remembered the face of the person and felt like she could identify her if she saw a picture of her. So she's given several photos of women to look at to see if she can identify the person. She says two of the faces seem familiar, and one of the women that she chooses is Sheila Keen. Oh. Uh, Sheila girl it's you oh my god girl <laughs> they no dick that good <sighs> there's not. no there's not a one dick that's good like y'all could have just kept on having their fair y'all could have and dealt with the consequences of it like and man is worth a, a million dollars if you got the audacity to kill somebody why don't you have the audacity to say yeah I'm fucking your man in the story listen let it be a fair fight that don't, have, that don't make no sense take all <laughs> right <laughs> So the test results came back for the hair found in the LeBaron, but the findings were inconclusive because, I mean, this is still the 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, they have, obviously, at this point, a shit ton of circumstantial evidence, but they don't have any forensic evidence tying either Mike or Sheila to this crime. So they're like, all right, well, maybe we can, if we just start applying more pressure to Mike, like, he'll fold. Like, so they start going through all of his financials. They come to the uh, car lot. They start taking his file cabinets and all of his paperwork from, like, everything they could find, basically. They don't find anything that leads them to the murder. But they do find out that he's committing fraud. <laughs> of course he is. Right. So, <laughs> no has said he would, like, prey on people who were broke and then repossess the cars and then resell them. So, apparently, he had been tampering with the odometers. Um, oh, it's giving Ferris Bueller. Oh, it's only got ten thousand miles. It's got I was thinking Matilda, but yes. <laughs> so he's tampering with odometers. He was also charged with grand theft and racketeering. He actually ended up after it was all said and done with uh, forty three counts that he was charged with, and he was sentenced to nine years in prison. Oh shit! <laughs> but as they tend to do, he did not serve all of his time. Okay. So in nineteen ninety six, after three years, he got out on good behavior and moved out of the state of Florida. Florida. So this is now six years after the murder. Um, by this time, Marlene's case had gone cold and was really just like considered to be something that wouldn't be solved. Like I was like, sad about it, but they were like, well, I mean, there's no other suspects. So in 2014, this is coming up on the 27th anniversary of Marlene's murder. A journalist was tasked with uh, just looking into the story because the anniversary was coming up. And it was the Palm Beach Post, which is like their local magazine. And the journalist who was covering the story discovered that Mike was remarried. Not only was he remarried, he was married to Sheila. Fuck Sheila. Oh, 
god. <laughs> and they had been married since 2002. Oh, she got chose. Finally, right? Um, so when they got married, it was, what, 12 years after the murder, which I wonder what all the time in between looked like. Right. They I did that for you and you waited 12 years to marry me? Interesting. And they got married in <laughs> Vegas, so it wasn't even like it was cute. Mm. <laughs> I just think it's funny how Listen. Like, don't be in them with that shit every fucking day. Um, so they moved to Abingdon, uh, Virginia, and they opened a, res- a restaurant together. And they had this beautiful house, like, on a lake or a river. It's, like, on the water or whatever. And they are basically just living a cute little older couple life together at this mm. point. Sheila doesn't go by Sheila anymore. Now everyone calls her Debbie. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was, like, her middle name or something like that. But all the employees at the restaurant call her Debbie. Her husband calls her Debbie, whatever. Mm. Maybe, like, Sheila was, like, because I feel like for back then, Sheila was, like, a bad bitch name. Mm-hmm. And then Debbie is more, like, homemaker type <laughs> Yeah. Shit. She decided she was ready to be a housewife. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of being a hot girl. We pull in cars. <laughs> Buying clown wigs so her nigga can kill <laughs> Listen. So, investigators decide now it's 2014. We got, like, DNA done stuffed his pussy up. And so we can do things with evidence. So they took the evidence um, that they had from the cold case, the hair sample, and some other things that they had recovered from Sheila's apartment. And they retested, retested them. Um... And it was a match. It was close. It was a close enough possibility that they were able to get a warrant and talk to the local police in Virginia to start surveilling the couple. So on what? So Sheila is bold as fuck to be like, yeah, it was me, but here's my hair. Right. Handed it over willingly. But I mean, in 1990, you know that like DNA is not like on that level yet. Right. Well, I guess so. I guess you can't foresee that it would come, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe she just knew enough about the way that they do it that she knew it wouldn't be conclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would know that, but I don't know. I would never confidently give over anything to no. the police. If, especially if I did it. I'd be like, no, fuck no. You're not getting shit because I didn't kill that bitch. You better find who else did that shit. <laughs> right. My face. right. The, and the clown like, wig behind you. Right. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> All the guns are like stuffed in my back, in the back of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the 357 is right there. <laughs> the nose honks when you sit down. Like, oh shit! <laughs> Forgot that was back there. <laughs> Look, we'll be dishing it all flowery. <laughs> She's dropping the flowers back into her sleeve. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, for real. Please. No, but no, she fucking bold. But I mean, she has at this point gotten away with it for what did I say, 27 years. Yeah. Damn. I might start feeling a little bold too, but she was bold from the beginning. That was wild. Um, So after several years of investigating, you know, all that, on December 27th, 2017, the police tracked the couple as they were heading to Vermont for a vacation. They pulled the car over and they arrested Sheila. And they charged her with the first degree murder of Marlene and extradited her to Florida, which, wow, I can't imagine going to prison in Florida. That sounds awful. Obviously, like, being extradited, one, but then, two, being extradited to Florida. To Florida. I'm not getting extradited to France. Oh, my God, I'm getting locked up in Florida. Right. No, you got extradited to the bottom of America. (laughs) The literal butthole. The literal butthole. Sorry to our Floridian listeners, but y'all know what it is. Um, she pleads not guilty because again if nothing else the audacity and she and Mike remain adamant that she was being framed so he stands by his wife his new wife who possibly killed his old wife right 
Um, as the prosecution prepares their case, they discover a year after Marlene was murdered, there's a local criminal defense attorney who had come to police, and he had at one point represented Joe, Marlene's son, mm-hmm. in a um, unrelated situation that he had going on. But Mike had pulled him aside and asked him, so what would the consequences be if a husband killed his wife on her estate? What? And the cops knew this. But the thing is, again, all the evidence that they had was circumstantial. And I guess they just didn't want to bring anybody up on charges and not be able to, like, win a case. Yeah. And but this is the part that had me completely fucked up. The attorney responds to his question with a real answer. And he said, he told Mike, well, if the husband has an accomplice do it and the husband can't be tied to that person as an accessory, then the husband could get away with it. He also told Mike... That if the killer needed a disguise, a good disguise would be to dress as a clown because they'd be harder to identify because a clown doesn't have any like overtly distinguishable features. What? And the police knew this? What the fuck? Apparently. What the fuck is But like, why the fuck would you tell anybody that? Right. If you're trying to commit a murder, do this and this. And these are the ways you don't get caught. And you're a lawyer, sir. Like, oh an my evil God. one from hell. Like, what? That's... But also, I'm even if like the police don't feel like that's enough to bring charges up. Like, I'm gonna tell every news outlet that's gonna listen because you're at least gonna like be drugged by the court of public opinion. Because oh, I could not have that on my conscience. Like, I gave this man the ABCs to go and do a murder, mm-hmm. and the murder got done. It's so wild to me, also, that like marriage, that the culture around marriage is like, oh, that's what you should be doing. When so many people are that unhappy or like that miserable in their marriages, to be asking people questions like that, one, mm-hmm. and then two, answer the question like that, right? Like because any like I don't know, I feel like in order to answer the question in that way, you have to be somebody who just like fucking hates your wife. Like oh, yeah. yeah, I already, like I already thought it out, right? Clown, <laughs> me too. You so. didn't say dress up like a ninja. You didn't say dress up yeah. like a mummy. You said clown. Yeah, like, you thought that shit out. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh-uh. So, yeah, the prosecutors concluded, well, their theory is that Sheila, um, I mean, obviously, Mike and Sheila were having an affair in a relationship, came up with this plan together. Sheila purchased the clown costume, went to that house knowing that Mike would have an alibi and shot Marlene in cold blood. And what really fucks me up, I feel like I've said that 12 times this episode, because all, all of it has me fucked up. But, like, Mike knew that Joe was going to be there. And even though Joe wasn't his biological son, he had raised him since he was a kid, and Joe considered Mike a father. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to willingly put your son through that kind of trauma is just, wow. Mm-hmm. You really, truly, truly aren't shit. So you can keep your estate. And your side bitch. It's cheaper to keep her. That's what my mom always says. <laughs> Um, so this is still an ongoing situation jury selection was originally supposed to start um, September 8th of last year what what (laughs) yeah because I mean she didn't get arrested until 2017 how old is she now she is 56 I believe oh so she's still like young yeah yes Um, did she change her name to Vicky is that who please stop I'm working as a prison guard (laughs) But because um, of COVID and court delays Mm -hmm. and because the case is so old, they're like really taking their time to come through all the evidence and all the things like that. So the defense asked for an extension 
and it was pushed to March 21st of this year is when it was supposed to start. Um, but it has since been pushed to June. So right. she was charged. Was he charged? Mm-mm. Just her. How was he not charged with conspiracy or whatever? I don't think they have enough evidence. Like, because really the idea that Sheila and Mike did it together is all speculation. Uh-huh. There's no evidence that proves that he had anything to do with it other than the really like, I mean, it's Damn. not evidence, but it's completely frowned upon to marry the person that probably killed your wife. Right. That's really the only thing. And they can't compel her to testify against him because they're married. And yeah. she probably would. That smart. That makes work. I mean, he did three years and he killed his wife. He did three years. He killed his wife, committed fraud, racketeering. And kept his estate. Hid the evidence. Like, he's the one who got rid of the evidence. That is so fucking wild. But, yeah. I'm interested to see what continues to happen with this case. I know Dateline's going to do something. I need what to do they call it? The clown killing? Is there a name? I know they got a name. Um. Yeah, just clown murder. That is. Yeah, clown murder. I, wow. I never. I don't know. I. I don't. I think she got. I think she got all the birds beat. I think she got all the birds beat. She was the ultimate bird. Yeah. Cause girl, what? <laughs> what I mean, was she giving you? She got you? to live the life that she wanted for a while, though. They had a nice ass house in Virginia, on the water, owned a business, had a good time. For would y'all? Would y'all go to jail for ten years if you could live the life that you wanted to for ten years? No. I'd have to live the life I wanted for more years than the time I have to spend in jail. Mm, so you would do that if the time was right? If Yeah, if the balance of the time made sense to me. Hmm. It also depends on where I'm going to jail. <laughs> Are not, you going to Florida? I'm definitely not going to, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not to jail go. here. I'm not going to jail. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not, I don't want to go to no prison. I'll go to Bali. The one that old girl oh, was yeah. in. What's exactly. her name? I need Catherine. to go to prison in a different, a different country. <laughs> I'll go to Sweden or Norway. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm not going to Clayco. Yeah, absolutely not. not. It's terrible in there. They take away your underwire. They keep the AC on like 48. No. You thought, let me stay in the room with Kate or something? <laughs> Bitch, you were ready. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost froze my nipples off. And don't have them send you to Milledgeville because then you really going to be fucked up. Milledgeville? Listen. What's, what's up with Milledgeville? What's the team? There's just the, the country. You know, like we were talking about those prisons that they have in South uh, Georgia where they just truly don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. It's one of those. Like, I'm not trying to be locked up somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. At least in Fulton County, I can get my folks to come visit every once in a while. Yeah, right. <laughs> them about the inhumane practices I'm suffering through so they can try to do something. I feel like Rice Street, you can just walk out the back door and that shit's so raggedy. What kind of is trash? About that time though. That shit wasn't cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is the story oh. of uh, Marlene Ward. You definitely gotta do the updates on this one. Oh yeah. For sure. I, I'm gonna follow it. I am. Because I heard about the story several years ago, but I didn't realize that she hadn't been um you know, hadn't the trial hadn't uh, started yet, mm-hmm. and I just the the audacity to walk up to someone's doorstep in the middle of the day and shoot them dressed as a clown. I just I don't know. Premeditated murder is wild, but like for that to be the plan, because like I think about murder, it's like oh we sneaking you know in in the middle of the right. night, right? And I'm. You know, I got to plan how to get rid of the body. There was none of that. She's just like, no. Like, you literally sat in front of your mirror, painting your you face white, ready to go murder. Put on a clown nose, which is brilliant, right? Because then you can't describe the shape of their face, yeah. their nose. 
Like, the only thing you can see is their eyes. And I guess, like you said, I mean, I wouldn't open them, open up the door because I don't like clowns. But, like, if they were just like a ninja, somebody's not going to open the door for a ninja. Yeah, but, uh, but the what's the who is it? Like, is there a... Right, no, that's me. Yeah. I'm like, who are you and why the fuck are you dressed like a clown? Yeah, exactly. Also, get away from my door. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm like, I'm brought candy or roses or no. flowers with them, I would, I would think it was just a little... Carter, are you good? you're the person that would get in the the van if no, they had a puppy? Not, I would not get in the van. No, I would make them bring the puppy out of the van. First of all, first and foremost, bitch. But if somebody comes to my door with flowers, I want my flowers. I'm like, just leave them by the door. No, what if they're supposed to sing? No, they can sing through the door. In a cloud costume. I, that feels like it would be a normal thing to me, especially in 1990. Well, yeah, I, yeah maybe okay. in 1990. That makes sense because we had the clown scare. I forget what it was that 2014. Oh, yeah. God. that was that was a whole thing. And then it's, was this horrifying came out or after? I don't know. But yeah, no the the whole thing around like clowns standing in the middle of the street. We did, they didn't have that. Oh my lord, that was so, actually terrifying. Yeah, that terrifying. Was terrifying. And I don't know what sparked it. It just happened. it just came and it went. <laughs> like it started and then it stopped and we never got any answers and it's that's the scariest part <laughs> it's five months but yeah Oof. All right, oh y'all. shit it looks like it came out in 1990 it came out in the fall of that year can you imagine living in that neighborhood after that happens especially if you're a kid in that neighborhood and you then see it November 18th of 1990 what if it was inspired by this no Stephen oh. King had already written a novel <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. but that makes so much sense though that oh they didn't God. have that same culture are we just like massively traumatized is that, is that oh yeah absolutely 100% because we just like every little thing is like a sign that somebody's a serial killer to us everybody's just like cha la 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 take that anybody who drinks chocolate milk is a serial killer anybody who drinks milk is a serial killer we're way far away cow milk cow milk like by itself yeah okay like yeah that's fine okay. if you you drink it or put it in cereal or something i'll say with some cinnamon toast crunch oh yeah no yeah. Cereal, that still makes no but if you if you pour up a nice cold glass of milk okay no okay you're a cereal killer friend i'm sorry <laughs> okay yeah Carol. grow up it's 2022 <laughs> i can't just drink drink straight cow titty milk that's a yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm good on that mm-hmm. all right we'll be back with should this be a crime Okay, y'all, we're back with Should This Be a Crime? And I'm going to read an article from the New York Times. It is called, Teachers Suspended for Telling Students to Pick Cotton in Slavery Lesson. Yikes. A teacher in Rochester, New York, was placed on leave and is being investigated after parents said he told students to pick cotton during a lesson on slavery, school district officials said. Parents of 7th grade students at the Rochester School of the Arts said, last week that Patrick Rausch, a social studies teacher who is white, gave balls of cotton to his students on Tuesday and instructed them to pick the seeds out. 
The parents also said Mr. Roush referred to himself as Massa. No, no. See, I was on the fence. Honestly, I was on the fence, but no. No, I wasn't even on the fence, but that just took it all. No, that's all the way left. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not Massa. <laughs> the parents also said Mr. Roush referred to himself as Massa and allowed white students to stop cleaning the cotton when they asked, but not the black students. So actual slavery. Yeah. This has been going on all year long. Vialma Ramos O'Neill, the mother of a student in Mr. Roush's class, said in a Facebook post, describing other racist treatment she said her son had experienced in Mr. Roush's class. I'm so angry and hurt for these kids. In a, in a statement, Brendan O'Riordan a spokesperson for the Rochester Board of Education said the district had placed Mr. Roush on leave and had opened an investigation immediately after hearing, listening, or I'm sorry, learning of the allegations. Mr. Roush could not be reached for comment. The district takes these situations very seriously as descriptions of what occurred in the classroom by the school community are extremely troubling, Mr. O'Royden said. Ms. Ramos O'Neill said in an interview that when her son, Jameer O'Neill, who's 13, came home and told her what happened, she initially did not believe him. I have to be honest, I didn't think that um, I didn't think that, that would really be something that we would be doing today, she said. Y'all gotta start believing your kids. <laughs> yes, because why would a kid make some shit up like that? Right. And even if they are making it up, then why? Right. That needs to get to it. But um, just based off of the strength that it, there's always a chance that it's true, take everything seriously. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but then she said a Facebook post from another outraged parent, Precious Tross Morris, showing the balls of cotton. She said her daughter, Janisa Brown, who was 13, who was also in Mr. Roush's class that day, had brought home from school. My daughter is traumatized, Ms. Tross Morris said in an interview, adding that the day after the episode, her daughter did not want to go to school and purposely missed her bus to avoid attending Mr. Rosh's class. She speaks in a low tone of voice like she's very saddened. She barely smiles, said Ms. Tross Morris. He made a mockery of slavery. Both Ms. Tross Morris and Ms. Ramos O'Neill wrote on Facebook that their children had separately told them that that tell Jesus. <laughs> that their children had separately told them that in another lesson, Mr. Roush had forced them to wear handcuffs as part of a magic trick and ordered them to free themselves. The students were berated for not being able to escape, both parents said. What? Oh, no. When he couldn't get out of it, Miss Ramos O'Neill said about her son, he said, Mr. Roush responded, it's okay, your ancestors couldn't do it either. <gasps> oh, fuck no. What? Oh. <sighs> My what God. the fuck is going on? Are and you kidding me? That's like that's that's like kink play or something too. Like like yeah, that that's fucked up. But I feel like there's something very like he's getting something out of it. Yeah, I think yeah. No, that's really fucking weird. Or like, oh my god. Or like some sort of like like not even like necessarily sexual, but like some sort of like domination kind of thing. It's making my skin hot because yeah. like I can't fucking imagine. And like it's why it's so important. Not even just to have black educators, but like trauma-informed educators, like educators that are truly invested in kids, but like they're not paying teachers. I mean, it's who this whole thing. Wow. I cannot (laughs) like process. They said it's been going on for a year. A whole year? Like. See, my thing is, I feel like that lesson could have been taught. There's this, um, that, that, uh, that white lady who teaches white kids about racism. Uh, what's her name? Jane. Oh, the older white what lady yeah. with the short hair. Mm-hmm. Like she, how she did, like the blue eyed experiment. I feel mm-hmm. like there's as a white teacher, there's a way you could have done that. You could have 
first of all, don't get black kids caught in a pig. Like, that's number one. Two, right. don't call yourself massive. What the fuck are you doing? To teach white kids about the experience and, like, what they had to do in the hot sun all day and how it affected their fingers and, like, physicality and stuff like that. I feel like there's a way to show them that and then not have the black kids participate strictly off of code of ethics. Or if you're a black teacher and you're doing that, then you could have done, like, a demonstration on, like, the process of cotton picking and exactly what they had to go through or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the way he went about it was just completely, like, yeah, completely unorganized and racist as fuck. Racist as fuck. He's just a racist who had the space and opportunity to play out his weird, like you said, like, domination, like, or control, like, I don't know. That's just, oh, that's so sad. I feel so bad for those babies, because. Yeah, no. Ooh. Because that's going to stick with them. That's going to stick with them for a very fucking long time. Yeah, they said that they were already, like, participating differently in school and stuff. Yeah. And they're, just, and they're still young. And he's probably just going to get transferred. This article says that about fit, half of the students at the school are black, and about 65% are considered economically disadvantaged. And this is New York, right? Yeah, Rochester, New York. Wow. Yeah. I don't know anything about the demographic, demographics of it, It's a large black population. Well, somebody mm-hmm. needed to run up and stomp his ass out. No, for real. His name is Patrick Rausch. <laughs> R-A-U-S-C-H. Get that man. He said, it's okay, your ancestors couldn't either. Uh-huh. I knew he was going to say some fuck shit. I thought he was going to be like, oh, it's okay. Like, You'll learn in the future when you're in the back of a cop car. Like, that. like I thought he was going to say some, some extra like that. But he took it throwback? Oh, no. And yeah. the thing is, I feel like, like, I don't know about this specific school, but usually when it's a new teacher, you'd have somebody else in the classroom with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that he's a teacher that's been teaching for a long time. Right. So who knows how long he's been, maybe not doing these racist activities, but obviously being racist in his lesson plans. Right. Oh, that's so sad. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, definitely a crime. <laughs> it got worse and worse. Definitely a crime. Oh, without a doubt. Y'all don't want children to learn about critical race theory. Oh, my God. Listen. But what? And then y'all, are, those are going to be the same people who say this isn't a big deal. Oh, my God. Right. I just looked him up. He looked weird. <laughs> well, he is. So, he it tracks. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, that was a, sh- that was a, a crime. Yeah, yeah that was very, very quickly judged. The jury came back within twenty minutes. Two. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. So I guess. Is there anything else y'all wanted to say? Um. um y'all pray for every future adult that comes into contact with my children because know that I will not be the one. <laughs> and if I find out somebody put some handcuffs on my baby and basically called them a nigger to their face, they will have hell to pay. Ooh. Them and everybody within a hundred foot radius. So I also want to say that I looked up Sheila King and I agree with Carter. She's not cute, right? (laughs) But you know, uh, well, no, she's not cute. But like, also, I feel like she kind of had that thing going on. Like, like bitches in the seventies had like that long dark hair Mm -hmm. and like the thick eyebrows, and it was like very much like Brady Bunch kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like Donna from that 70s show. Donna, Donna was fine. Hold on. That's a whole other thing. I was going to say, because there are some white girls who are legitimately attra- objectively attractive. Yeah, but this isn't it. But I see the I see <clears throat> the appeal, though. I don't agree, but like I see it. I guess. Well, it was like, All everybody to talk about yeah. was that long brown hair and then big brown eyes. Yeah, wow. she had really big eyes. Is this she her? Long, dark hair. Yeah. Yeah, this is the picture I'm looking at. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess. Not enough for all this. No. no. not at all. Not at all. Her eyes are an interesting shape. 
And then these two pictures, like the the pictures from when she got older, look different. So it's like, right, that's what? what I was like. Is Are they the same people? I don't know. Cause she's blonde and yeah, she dyed her hair. Same. Yeah, it is her. It is her. Um, oh, okay. You put yourself up for a minute. Stop scrolling. <laughs> right. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. To say. <laughs> um. All right. It's a car. Leave us a review. Take a screenshot and send it to our email. We'll send you a sticker. Yes. We're really excited about the stickers if you can't tell. Yes. And if you already uh, sent in a review, just take a screenshot of it and we'll still send you a sticker. Yes. And um, you can find us on socials. Yes. Mm-hmm. At I and Akilah Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> and at I and Akilah Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes. Stitcher. Stitcher. Amazon. <laughs> Everywhere except Pandora. Yes. Because they suck. I just saw that they're no longer, like, our podcast streams on Facebook or something, and apparently Facebook is taking that feature down. So if y'all listen to us on Facebook, go to another platform. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Preferably Spotify or Apple, but I'm not sure I had to tell you how to live. Yeah. <laughs> Do you. But still listen to us. Yes. Do you, but do us as well. No. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is I had to kill out the dark. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. 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 <laughs> Did you just come up with that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're a comedian. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I try. Oh no, that. Oh no, not house. <laughs> <laughs> I only been in the house cat. <laughs> <sighs> so drinking milk should be a crime. Yes, yeah. that's the sugar should be a crime for the league. <laughs>